What up, what up, what up? Standing 10 toes down from Baltimore City, this is Luke Cooper, and this is the Say It In The Room podcast. Today, I'm beyond excited to welcome my brother in business and my fellow ball player, Bracken Durrell. It's an honor to have him here. He's the CEO of Logitech, which is a very cool company. So with that, I would love for you to give a little background about yourself uh, to my audience, Bracken. And maybe even tell us what's keeping you up at night. Okay. Well, first of all, it's a thrill to be here. And it's a, it's, it's really fun to meet you, Luke. I, I, I knew you through uh, LinkedIn and stuff before. But now I feel like I really know you. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've been in my job for about a decade. I moved to, to the U.S. You know, the, even though Logitech's a Swiss company, the CEO is always sat in Northern California because that's where a lot of the partnerships are with other big companies, platform companies. Um, but my heart is in Switzerland. I, I, I lived there for four years and I go there every month. I mean, pre-pandemic, I went to Lausanne every month. So love it there. Um, yeah, what keeps me up at night? You know, I sleep really well. I'm, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not a, an extreme worrier. I mean, everybody worries a little bit, but I'm, I'm really not. I, 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 uh, I'm more driven by opportunity than I am by my fear. You know, so I, I do have my, my fair share of paranoia. I try to keep stoked just to stay out of the trouble. But, you know, with, and today there's so many crazy things going on in the world that it's easy to to get fixated on any one of them. You know, you've got, uh, obviously, the war in Europe. You've got the currency fluctuations. You've got inflation. And um, and here in this country, we've got, we just, we, we continue to be plagued by the uh, you know, racism and uh and, and 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 around the world, there's a, there's you know the diversity, equity, and inclusion is just not gone far enough. So those are things that I'm I'm they don't keep me up at night. They keep me inspired during the day, and I and I, also environmental sustainability. So those are the things that are really excited about. And you know, Logitech is a great place to be. To indeed, to indeed, and you're and you're right. I mean, it must be really challenging um, to be a CEO, you know, of, of a major company. Um, you know, with all of those tailwinds, headwinds, you know, sort of facing us as a, as a society. Um, one of the things I, I admire about you is that you use basketball as, as community, you know, as a way to sort of, you know, engage, interact uh, with various parts of the tech ecosystem. You know, why do you do that? You know, and then like whatever principles that you derive from that, how do you apply them to like everyday work at Logitech? You know, I, I, as you know, Scott Wharton was an investor in my last company, works for you. Um, I, I, there's no chance I could have gotten um, to that great outcome that we did selling the company uh, for 11X if it wasn't for Scott just being a part of, you know, um, of that journey, you know, throughout his, his time at Logitech. So uh, yeah, so maybe talk a little bit about like how you use basketball there as a, as a tool. Well, first to, of all, congratulations. I mean, gosh, what a, what a great exit. Man. Wow, 11X. Um, and uh, Scott is amazing. You know, he's uh, he's one of the one of my favorite people, and he actually does. I play basketball with Scott. Actually, I play basketball with a lot of people. Though, as you said, you know, a little bit about my basketball. So I grew up in Kentucky, which is the, you know, in in Kentucky, you know, there 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 are lots of kind of, lots of religions, but one of them that almost everybody shares is basketball. And uh, and in my case, I grew up watching and playing, but playing a lot more than watching. And as I've gotten older, I've I've continued to play. Um, all the time, and so I play five times a week. I I played last night till eleven, about eleven o'clock, and uh, I just a total addict. I play with many different groups, as you sort of suggested. I play with, I actually play with a group at my house that includes anybody who wants to, but it's some of them are people who work here, like Scott, and I have a board member who plays. I have a former professional basketball player, Mustafa Shaker, who plays once in a while. Uh, um, Brian Barr, who is uh, 
who is uh, uh, Steph Curry's number two guard at Davidson. He plays sometimes. And Chris Owusu played football in the NFL. So it's a really wide-ranging group because you've got the yo-hums like me and the, and the superstars. <laughs> Uh, all in the same court in that one. But then the other one that I play, I'm, I just started playing with the group over at Stanford that are a lot of venture capitalists. You would know some of them. And then I've, uh, and other people who used to play college basketball, even just a couple of years ago. And then I, and then I play with another group in uh, Los Altos. So I'm playing, I'm, and, and in Middle Park. So I play a bunch of different groups. Um, why do I do it? Because I love it. And uh, it, to me, it's a little bit like, uh, it's, it's the closest thing maybe to being a jazz musician or something. You're always uh, creating all the time on the court, and, but you're doing it as a group, so it's super fun. Uh, what, what relationship does it have with my work? You know, I'd say the most important one is I am just a happy person. You know, I attribute I, I <laughs> at least a little bit of that to the fact that I, I get to do something that I love so much that's physical, you know, and I hope, I always think, you know, everybody should be an athlete all their lives. You can find something. You can be a, a walking athlete or you can be a basketball playing athlete, but Find something and become an athlete and keep working on it the rest of your life. You know, it'll keep your uh, heart pumping and your mind working. And um, so, so that's the main reason I do it. The, and it, it certainly does benefit Logitech. The, but there are things about basketball that I'm sure you share, Luke, that, that I think um, are kind of cool. I don't know if they're unique, but they're, they're for sport, but they're, they're cool in, in bringing you together. And I think, you know, I do think uh, I've met a lot of people through basketball. And every time I bring it up, somebody, they either love to watch it and they love to watch LeBron or, or, uh, or Steph or whoever, or they, or they love to play it too, or they played it once. So it's, it does bring a, uh, it brings you together. As you it, it really does. It really, that's such a, such a great response because, you know, I, I obviously play basketball as well. I played basketball in college um, at Division Two, And okay. where, where did you yeah, play? I played where at Delphi play? University. I played for a coach, um, Steve Clifford. Oh, yeah. He recruited me there. He's now uh, coaching in the NBA. He's been there for the last like 15 years or so. Um, head coach at Orlando and a yeah. few other places. But, you know, I think, you know, I played basketball yeah. for very specific reasons to get a scholarship and like stay in school. And so yeah. I didn't have the luxury of like enjoying yeah. the full, you know, sort of jazz nature of the sport, if you will. Yeah. But I, 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 a yeah. lot of the yeah. same, you know, sort of things and themes that we talk about in relation to basketball and what it can bring, you know, are the things that I got out of it as well. Um, how do you bake those into like, you know, or do you bake those into things that, you know, the company um, can do to like increase the level of tactile touch? that, you know, you have between teammates, yeah. for example, right? Like Corp Dev, you know, functions in a lot of companies, for example, um, you know, they don't always see the full landscape of potential, uh, you know, acquisition targets, investment targets, right? Because, you know, it, it's hard to see all of it, right? But the more sort of a diverse yeah. landscape you can see, the more likely it is that you're going to wind up with a diverse acquisition that leads to some other outcome, um, like I was able to drive for assurance. Like, yeah. so how are you you know, sort of funneling some of that into like the teams that you work within uh, Logitech today? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, because I grew up playing basketball, I was my, I was the same height I am now when I was 12 years old. <laughs> well, I started out as like the center of the basketball team. In fact, I went to a basketball camp when I was in the eighth grade and, and uh, I remember the, it was a college coach. He said, yeah, you're going to be like six, six, man, six, seven. <laughs> and I never grew into my feet, you know, so I, so I stayed the yeah. same height. And I went from being the center of the team to the, the point guard by the time I was about uh, you know, by the time I was, you know, 16 and I've tried to play point as much as I can ever since. But I, but, but because I did grow up like that and I was always kind of a physically natural leader cause I was bigger than everybody else in the beginning, mm -hmm. I got sort of addicted to the leadership thing. And, and, um, and therefore, uh, 
I think I somewhere along the line equated being a leader like that with being a good leader. And so Mm -hmm. a leader of teams. And so I always thought, you know, I'm a good team leader. You know, I just convinced myself of that. And and, uh, I sought out opportunities to exercise that strength that I clearly had. And then about 10 years ago, it finally dawned on me, I'm a terrible team leader. I'm a terrible coach. I'm not a very good manager. And I, and I really, it really did. And maybe, maybe even more the last five years. And I, but all the time I was studying what it is, what is a team? How do you make teams better and stuff? And not just on a basketball court, but in, in the office too. And I stumbled on an idea that I continue to believe. And I stumbled on this one about four or five years ago. And here it is. There's no such thing as a team bigger than two. Mm. no such thing as a team bigger than two and you'd say but there is because of course we know that a basketball team for example has five people on the court or my leadership mm-hmm. team, 23 people in it but i will tell you that that basketball team is just multiple it's just it's just a group of teams and those teams are pairs and so in if you think about all the incredible things that have been done in 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 life in in the world by pairs and i'll bet you at assurance you had a pair that absolutely you somebody else who made the day or maybe you and several somebody else's but they were your pairs you know and in your personal me and life, eric you some pairs. me and eric yep so so you and eric, so, so that so once you once that hit me I, I i equated of course directly to basketball i thought yeah but the teams of five you work so hard on plays and stuff but the truth is most of what happens in a basketball game let's say steph curry's on a fast break and he's got two you know two people filling the lanes beside him and so there are three people on that team right well, there are, but the, but the better way for Steph Curry to think is that there are three teams on the court right there. He mm-hmm. and, let's say, Clay, who's on one mm-hmm. side. He and uh, Draymond Green, who's on the other side of him. And then Draymond and Clay. And so he's if he's if they're really a good team, they trust each other. Each, each of his relationships, he's got two relationships there. So two teams. And he, and he kind of knows what they do. He's seen them before. He's gotten to know them. They know him. They can almost communicate without looking at each other. Maybe a glance is all they need. And then that, that pair becomes the operative thing. So he's got two pairs to think about. Same thing for Clay. Same thing for Draymond. And so yep. when you think about it that way, and then you, you you then bring it into the office and say, who are the pairs in my life that really matter? You know, I don't care if I'm on a team of 10 anymore. Or, because it, But the reason why big teams are terrible is because you have lots of pairs, you know. And people expect too many too many teams to work too well together. I mean, the truth is, it's 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 really just a bunch of pairs. I mean, if you have just a pair of two, just you and me, we have one relationship between us right now. If you had a third person, somebody's an audience, or you've got three teams, right? If you had two more people, go to five, you suddenly have ten. So it goes it goes mm-hmm. to your metric. You know, you go to mm-hmm. make it make it. If you have twelve twelve people, I think you have one hundred and sixty teams or something. Or it's crazy. I mean, the numbers get yeah dizzying. And so I, I really do believe that that's the most important thing I learned about teams, and it equates to both. Ba- it, it works in both basketball and the office. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. But I'm, I'm going to push you on this a little bit, uh, uh, Bracken, because I, I think first of all, you've you've done a great job building teams around Logitech. It, it's apparent in the growth in the company over the last five years, and I think it's important for the audience to know you were growing like that even before before COVID. COVID inspired, obviously, more growth for you guys. But you yeah. guys made a lot of smart decisions and a lot of smart pairs on that team, on the teams yeah. that you have. But if, if I'm coming into an environment, like a 10,000-person yeah. environment, where maybe I'm one of 250, 20 Black you know, senior leaders yeah. in an organization, yeah. and maybe I don't have as much in common, like how do we break down those barriers? Like if I got a good jump shot, 
like you're gonna want me on your team right like that's yep. just like natural right and yep. but if i didn't yep. go to harvard like maybe this, this other guy did you know i went to adelphi or syracuse like how do we start to break down some of those some of those things in between us that might be biases perceptions that prevent that two-man game from happening because i'm with you like i love the yeah. two-man game yeah well i think the two the two-person game has to be um you 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 don't have you don't have to limit it to, to one other person, right? That's the operative idea, so it should be broad. You also do not do not want to limit it to people who are just like you, you know, That's because right. all of a sudden you're you're surrounded by everybody who op- who looks and and thinks and and grew up like you, and you've just managed to minimize your ability to have an impact on the world because there is absolute complete proof that diverse teams are better, right. better, not as not not as good. They're superior to non-diverse teams. And so if now one of the things that I one of the issues that I I think we've created for ourselves. Now, this is a little controversial, probably to some academics. And um, luckily, I'm I'm protected in my environment here. (laughs) But 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 uh, I think, you know, culture, we've taken the concept of culture a little too far. You know, we've swung the pendulum over so far that it broke the wall on the other side. And the wall that it broke is that, you know, culture. People talk a lot about culture fit, but they should be talking about individual individuality. You know, what, mm. how do you create places to work where you can come in and be yourself? I don't want you to come in and fit in. I want you to come in and be you. I want to, and I don't want to have a place that's like we work really well because we have this this very very narrow set of values and beliefs. I want to be a place where you come in and and we 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 work well together because you feel like wow this is a place where I really feel like I belong. I really they give me the freedom to do my best work. When I need help, they help me. When I don't, they stay out of my way. You know, I want to be that kind of place. And so I think too many companies are so fixated on, on really narrowly defining their cultural fit that they've forgotten that actually their culture yeah. is a culture. But the most important culture is creating a place where you can come in and be you. Where you, right. and then you go home at night and still be you because it's, you're right. the same person. You don't have to be a person at work and another person when you go home. You know? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, it, it, it reminds me of a, a thing I just did last week. I, I um, was, was fortunate enough to do the uh, the commencement speech at Syracuse. Um, oh, and, you know, That's awesome. Thank you. That's so thank fun. You. I wanna, I'm going to go listen to it. Uh, you should. You should. I, I will. A lot, I will. Of, a lot of the, thank you. Thank you. A lot of the things we're talking about are reflective, reflective of that speech, uh, for sure. And you'll notice when you go watch it, Bra- uh, Brack, that uh, I've got my, 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 my diamond chains out, right? Because Good. where I'm from, everybody dresses that way, right? And yeah. I want people to know that, like, you can, br- especially in tech, you can bring your whole authentic self yep. to the problems because normally when you do that, you actually solve it and you yep. solve it way better than anybody else can, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, I love that you're talking about that level of authenticity. You actually have an incredible platform th- that you use as a CEO to talk about like diversity and inclusion and all these things. Like you just corrected me, and I thought that was great, right? I said a two-man game because I'm so used to playing basketball. Yeah. That's kind of how we say it. But you know, certainly I, I meant to include women and other kinds yeah. of uh, folks in that, in that equation. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So you use your platform this way. You got things that are you know happening in this country, like what happened in Buffalo recently. I mean, it's awful. Ten you know black people just killed for no other reason than the fact they look like me, right? Um, Like, how do you talk about that? How do you, one, how do you, how do you talk about those things on your platform and use your platform as a, as a, as a, you know, sort of an agent of change, an oracle of of truth around these things? And then how do you even talk about them internally in the company? You're a publicly traded company. 
you can't really <laughs> some some limitations on like what you can do. Like how do you how do you do those things? Well, I, first of all, before you give me too much credit, I didn't talk about racism in before George Floyd's murder, and uh, it was about you know a few days after George Floyd was murdered. I was it was the mid it was early pandemic. I was sitting at my kitchen table five o'clock in the morning thinking how in the world did we get here why are we still here you know i was remembering uh, i'm old enough to remember uh, apartheid and i remember yeah. when when all the kids in school i'd just gotten out were were, were were demonstrating on campus saying no more investment in south africa and then it took nelson mandela coming out of jail and all that pressure from the international community and it didn't happen inside south africa it took a lot of external pressure they finally, and, and of course, Nelson Mandela getting out of jail, and then, and then, and then it did happen from the inside. But I was thinking, what, why? I was thinking about the white leaders then. I was thinking, why didn't those white leaders do something? Yeah. What was wrong with it? What was wrong with them? Why do you? What? Mm. Really, there were people there who were who were like minded, yeah. and then it hit me. You know, I'm sitting in the middle of an American apartheid, and I haven't said a word publicly about this. I say it mm. privately, mm. one on one. I say in conversations. I don't have a single thing in my LinkedIn. I haven't published anything. And so I immediately wrote a post about it, and I've never stopped. That was the most uh, transformative. George Floyd's mm. transformative event in my life, and it's not an exaggeration. I changed mm. about how I think about my life. I I, I became deliberate about being an anti-racist instead of just mm. thinking, well, at least I'm not a racist. Well, you know, wow. no, I'm an anti-racist. You know, and wow. I and I it really hit me like a ton of bricks, like a a frying pan in the head and it never stops hurting and i feel terrible about the all the time before i didn't use my platform but i'm i'm a hundred percent using it now and i really am a believer and i will never stop and and uh you know you can't be um a, a non-racist you have to be an anti-racist you can't be a non uh believer in burglary you're an anti-burglary person you're an anti-murder <laughs> you're an anti-racist yeah. person I, that discussion should be over i mean and so I'm, I'm, uh, I have a, I have a responsibility to myself and also to my family and to you, particularly to you and all the friends I have who are black, who we have not carried the ball, people like me. And it's, and I, I feel terrible that I didn't before, but I'm making up for lost time as much as I can. That, that is, those are just uh, really prescient words, um, Bracken. And, and I, I got to tell you, there's no, nothing better than, than like being seen, right? I think I, when I think about the squeegee boys in Baltimore, Right. We have we have 300 murders here. We have a lot of problems. And the squeegee boys, they, they're constantly out begging for money. A lot of like what they're doing is like they want to just be seen. Right. And, and, the, and what I hear and what you're saying is that you, you see the struggle and you're joining it. And like you just there's no better, you know, sort of um, act, action a, a CEO, a fortune, you know, 500,000 CEO can take than to join the fight this way. So I, I applaud you in those efforts for sure. This week's magic moment is brought to you by Ashley Williams at Climb. Climb, spelled C-L-Y-M-B, is an interactive emotional wellness software for our youth. It assesses the state of their emotional health and provides personalized emotional wellness resources that are suited to their specific needs. So if you're a university, school system, or just a concerned parent, you should come over to climbup.io to learn more about Ashley and all the gear that she's providing you for your emotional wellness journey. Let, let's drill down a little bit deeper because I know you, you've done, you made some like transformative changes in terms of like your procurement processes, 
and like how you how you absorb you know relationships with diverse vendors and things like that. And I think that's one of the areas that's a, a, a certainly a growth area for a lot of what we're talking about in terms of diversity um, and opportunity. When I was starting my company, you know, um, it was hard. It was hard. We got Coca Cola and a bunch of us, Stanford University. We wound up growing, you know, revenue 400% year over year, yeah. you know, as, as we yeah. acquired new customers. But it was really hard to get in those, you know, yeah. past those procurement doors. How are you, yep. you know, refining that, your processes at Logitech? Well, we, so, you know, we, we said, okay, we're, we're going to deal with, we're going to become a diverse, equitable, and inclusive company end to end from the suppliers and their suppliers all the way through to what we're doing for customers. And of course, inside the company, top to bottom and in the communities where we live and where we can make a difference beyond that. So one of those is um, suppliers. And, and the first thing I did was uh, go see people I thought were good at this. So I went to see Craig Duffy, uh, Craig Cuffey, sorry, at uh at Salesforce, who who was running the operations there, but he was also a he also had a great supplier diversity program. A guy named Madison was running it and creating it, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. And then we hired somebody uh, who really knew what they were doing. You know, we reported him into somebody else who already really knew what he was doing in in, in, in procurement. And then we started they they started building a program. And E two E two was the is the guy who was building, and David was his was director port. And they reported to Prakash, I got in Prakash. He reports to me, and we we just said, you know, we're going to make a big difference here. Our numbers, we and we started with KPIs. We said, how, how are we doing? The answer is terrible. I mean, we were terrible, and we're still terrible. We we were we had zero black suppliers in the U.S., mm -hmm. zero black owned, and um and you know and and I think five, I think it was maybe five percent women and and ten percent total diverse. So we set goals and we start we created a program. And we said, you know, we're going to go out and find them. And, you know, and then we, so the first thing we did was we, we created a program where we would go out and, and we joined, there are a couple of organizations nationally that you can, you can join to, mm -hmm. to, uh, to get names and, and a supplier. So it's an easy thing to start. Reach out to me in LinkedIn if you need help with that, anybody listening, and I'll connect you to the right people. Then the second thing we did was we said, okay, some of these suppliers are, are too small because they have been blocked either deliberately or are 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 because of the systemic um, racism or, or bias that's built into all of our companies they've been blocked like you probably were sure you were why why was there never a you know, training program that was run by owned by well because they probably never got in the beginning why because they never got the funding for their startup why because they were you know it's, it's all the stuff we know so, so we said okay let's try to Beat that. So we got to we, we got to start small. So we started identify. We put a training a development program in place, and we started to uh, define those. And we and we started bringing people in. Now now we're you know we're two years downstream. We've we've exceeded all of our goals initially, but we have a long way to go to really be fair and equitable. And so now we're in the camp of okay, how do we get? You know, one of the problems with supplier diversity is you, it's it's pretty easy to go get the lowest uh, mm -hmm. value stuff. You know, because you can just, it's, it's, it's easier to do that. And so people, I think the risk is that we stop there. Or we start we start and stop there and we're proud of ourselves. But I think the real challenge is how do you develop the places where, you know, the underrepresented groups have been really blocked from getting into the high value stuff. Let's say ad agencies, mm -hmm. um, you know, marketing agencies, um, chipset design. Yeah. How do you get those? Mm -hmm. And you know, those are those are out there. By the way, there's so much talent. This is the other light that went on for me. There's so much talent out there. This is not a. This is not about making trade offs. This is about, and 
this is about performance. I mean, there's so much talent out there. For most of the categories, there's already superstars in there. They often haven't gotten the right amount of uh, opportunities. Maybe they haven't gotten the right amount of funding. Uh, believe me, it's not a problem of talent. And then the second thing is, you know, where there isn't, you need to seed it. You need to help try to create it. Find somebody who looks like they're promising and get and, and help them get started, whether it's giving the money directly, which we, we haven't done yet, but we would, and we am sure we will, or just giving them a small project to start, which we, we have done. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You, you know, I, I think I'm going to carry this with me always. You said no such thing as a, two, as a team bigger than, than two. Right. And, and if you if you had, and then also you talked about individuality, right, culture being pliable enough to allow individuals to come in and augment that culture. So if you if you don't have that feature in your culture, you can see how you can't get to the place that you are today around diversity, equity and inclusion, because if an organization is already rolling in a certain direction and you come in and you can't bring any sort of nuanced individuality, you're just going to continue to roll with the direction it, it, it's going. So I can see how your position on culture directly plays into like down to procurement. I mean, procurement is way down there in terms of like functionality and like you're, you're, you're having an impact there. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. So you want to, if you want to chime in there, go ahead. But, but yeah. I have to interrupt you, Luke, because I, I, I don't want anybody listening to this to say, Oh, well, you know, what Logitech is this, you know, bastion of, of perfection in diversity. <laughs> we're, we're nowhere near where we need to be. Sure. You know, we have so far to go. And I, I can almost guarantee you that anybody listening to this works in an organization that also has so far to go. The most important thing is conviction. Yeah. Nothing else nothing else is as important. Yeah. And ideally, it's conviction in the CEO. But I, if you're not the CEO and you work inside a company, find your conviction and then find a way to, to convince, to cajole, to, 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 to sell, to, to find a way to create in your world you know, I always say you can run a company out of any chair, uh, and I really believe that. As long as you have good common sense and decent EQ, you can you can pretty much do that. You know, find a way to make it happen. But you know, we I, I just don't want anybody here to think, oh my gosh, Logitech, they must be just perfect and be you know oh. terrible. We have so far to go, you know. But we're but we're working at it. We're working super hard. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that um, I think people would would respect you know your position and, and the fact that you are, are are really focused on this issue and at least looking at it and paying attention to it. And taking material action to to augment it, but you know, I, I mean, I, I was with you guys in, in Vegas when I was, uh, you know, trying to get my company acquired by Assurance, and you know, everybody was white. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, I know that that is a thing that is top of mind for you. I know how you think about this, and I know Absolutely. for these things to change, the CEO has to embrace it, you know, fundamentally. Um, you know, so in addition to a VC, one of the other things that I'm I'm doing, uh, Brack, is I'm. Um, the, the University of Maryland, Baltimore, made me um, the Distinguished Scholar this year. It's a position that um, wow. that uh, Norm, That's awesome. Norm, thank you, thank you. Norm Augustine held that position last year. He's the CEO of uh, wow. of Northrop Grumman, and, and so absolutely. And what? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great position. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. I'm, he's I'm a good company too. But yeah, we're working on. It. I'm hopefully to bring some different things to the to the role than he did for sure. Right. But, uh, you know, one of the things that's important to the president there is really this, this interaction, you know, positive interaction, wealth creating motion, you know, support, you know, services, et cetera, that, you know, they believe are necessary to embed, invest in their own community, right? Um, you know, because they share space, common spaces with them. And all the things that we're talking yeah. about in terms of procurement and diversity, equity, inclusion, those things are great for society, but they also, they, they really benefit Logitech 
as well and give you competitive Absolutely. advantage. So no doubt. How do you how do you how do you you know attack those things with like community you know sort of investment in the backdrop which doesn't have always like a direct relationship to any you know real growth objectives within Logitech or any other company let's say right because they're, they're they're different things yeah. right like you know making yeah. community within your own culture yeah. and then also in, and, in the neighborhoods that surround you two different things yeah. They say more. Yeah, they can be. I mean, you know. By the way, by the way, you just made me think. Do you know Clarence Wooten? That's who introduced us initially. Oh, what yeah. am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, good. I knew you yeah, guys were. Yeah. You, you guys are from the home, same hometown. Yeah, so yeah. Course, he, he tells me doing the same stuff. he broke his knees in your backyard. <laughs> oh man, don't bring that up. That's the worst part of the basketball story in my life. I still will never feel good about that, and it's not. And I didn't do it, Chuck. Now everybody's gonna think I'm like a mafia guy. I had his knees broken. Um. Anyways, it was. Uh, but but he's he's fine now. But but uh, yeah. So so community stuff. So the bottom line is, you know, the cool thing about our business is we, we work in, in several different areas, but a lot of them are areas where honestly, the work we do is about, you know, we can, we can tie directly to diversity, equity, and inclusion, whether it's gaming, where, you know, we're really working hard to make gaming more inclusive, get the bullying out, get the, get the, all the biases out, get it in and get it out of there. And so we're really staking, you know, really going after that. And we have been from a platform standpoint. And so we invest in, you know, we also have invested, I call it investing, but, you know, you could call it philanthropy, but we're giving to companies like Girls Who Code and we're, 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 uh, we're, we're engaging in lots of different diverse organizations now. We're, we've created a platform for uh, creator. It was, it was called uh, Creators for BIPOC. We'll probably change the name because BIPOC's kind of fallen out of favor as mm -hmm. a term, but mm -hmm. It's really focused on black and black and brown, especially the black and brown community. Uh, also, the also um, the LGBTQ, mm -hmm. uh, Asian. You know, we really cover, we try to cover all the as many underrepresented groups as we can. So there's a lot, a lot of women in it too. So, so that we that we're we're really promoting and giving them a chance, giving them equipment, giving them all kinds of platforms to to put their stuff out there. And then we we're working directly with with in a bunch of different directions. We we've got. A big program going with Glad right now. We're working. I've got a, we've got a top secret thing we're doing with a, a, a university and that is uh, it's an HBCU. I can't talk about it yet, but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> awesome. You're going to be surprised. You are going to be surprised. It's it's very cool, and uh, and it's and it's much more than one school. You'll see. That's great. It's and it's going great to change the way we work. It change what we look like, and wow. I think it'll make us a whole lot more effective too. So. So we're doing that. We're we also do one-off things. We there's a, a, a great uh, designer artist out of LA named Annie Archibong who lives and happens to live in Switzerland. He created a uh, he created the first. He was he was he's a he's a great artist and designer. And the uh, the 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 London uh, design uh, by Biennale, which is you know every two years, yeah. which Biennale means. They invited him to come. They said, "Yeah, but you you need to decide which pavilion you'll be in. This country pavilions, you know. Which which pavilion? do you want to be in the U.S. one? You want to be in the Swiss one? Or, your, or his family, his parents are Nigerian. Or you want to be in Nigeria? You can be in any of them, you know." And he and he thought about it for a second. He said, "Actually, I want to create a new pavilion." And they said, "What does that mean?" He said, "I want to create the pavilion of the African diaspora." And they said, "Well, that's a great idea." <laughs> so he did. So we supported it. So we we helped fund this the wow. creation, his creation. The pavilion of the African diaspora, and it's 
it's a really cool pavilion as you expect he's a he's a phenomenal designer but those we've we've we so we're supporting all kinds of different things right now yeah you're doing a great job yeah keep at it it's it's no easy feat to um to do things that you know may or may not be in sort of you know common um acceptance in, in our society so i applaud your efforts there i got one more question for you and then we can we can sure. wrap um you know you're you're from kentucky you've been playing basketball since you were a kid like me you know, I, I'm sure in your mind, if you went some way back in the in the crates, you could dig up like who was the toughest check, like who was the toughest person that you had to check. Not counting like Steph coming to your house or something like that. <laughs> right? Easy, you're right. It's easy. I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to dig. It was my blanking brother Bart. <laughs> we used to play. We used to play in you know 35 degree weather. We'd keep three balls in the house. We had a terrible half court right near our house. And we'd uh, we'd go out in gloves and we'd play one on one with each other, and we always ended up in a shoving match. And uh, no matter how good I thought I was, he was always better. He was two years older than me. We were about the same height, and uh, he made me a better person. He's still making me a better person. Uh, he's really my best friend. That's amazing. And uh, he was the best Brack. That's amazing. How tall are you, Brack? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, I round. I round to six five. So if we play, you'll feel like I'm. Six. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, listen, where I'm from, you got to guard six five to six one. So you know. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I did. In so, fact, I did. A la- I, I I guarded uh, six three this morning. Oh wow! Or yes, last wow. night. Oh, you played this morning. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't played since last, last week. Yeah. But um, yeah, this has been great. I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show. And uh, any parting thoughts you want to leave with my audience? No, it's really a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, you know, I think that's the one thing I'd say to your audience. You're, yeah. you're a really a great, you're a great person. And I can see why, uh, why the university's brought you in and why you've been so successful. I mean, you just seem like a hungry learner that just does stuff. And, Thank you. Uh, and, and you're really open and curious. And if I can ever do anything to help you or, or any of your listeners, I'm, I'm in. Thank you. And thank you for saying it in the room. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Say It In The Room podcast. I'm your host, Luke Cooper. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to support, please share it with others. To catch up with me, please follow me on Twitter at ReadySetGrind or catch me on LinkedIn under Luke Cooper Baltimore. That's all for this week. See you next time.